Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio's exclusive all NHL show right here only for our patrons on or our patrons on patreon.com. I'm going to get the name of this thing uh, eventually, but it's for our patrons, our our exclusive subscribers. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh we uh spend like 70 minutes every week yelling about the Flyers and we always have like all this extra content of league stuff we want to get to and just never have the time. So we decided Let's make an all-NHL show, and that's what we are bringing you. Uh, this is episode two of our exclusive NHL show. Let's get right into it. I want, you to, I want to introduce to you the panel for tonight. First and foremost, my broadcast partner in crime, Steph Licious D, Steph Driver. I woke up from a nap in a worse mood than I was in before the nap. So Which welcome is hard. to Which our is... all-NHL show. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hard to do. I know. That's, usually naps cure that. That's like uh, drinking yeah. and feeling worse. Yeah, I don't have a good answer for myself right now. <laughs> the fly by yourself, Kelly Hinkle. I did not take a nap, and so I feel the same level of crappy that I felt all day. Welcome. <laughs> and from theathletic.com, Philadelphia's number one hockey writer, Charlie O'Connor. Uh, I published two articles today, so I feel, feel pretty productive, actually. No <laughs> naps for me. Look at you, Francie. I know, right? <laughs> uh before we get into before we get into our topics for the evening i kind of want to set the table for reference sake uh we're we are recording this friday evening on october 13th that's right friday the 13th uh happy pre-halloween everybody out there uh there are five games tonight so the stats and records we reference here uh may be slightly altered by the time you're listening it's a podcast it's on demand uh but tonight should serve as a decent summary of uh, the season's opening, regardless of when you listen. So my first, the first thing I want to get into tonight, guys, is oh, whoa, wait a minute! There was just another flag flo- thrown on the Eagles. I am <laughs> in disbelief that this is possible. Nice. What the fuck show is this? Save it for yelling about sports, dude. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what the what the fuck show is this? I had to make the joke today. Oh my god! I'm sorry that they played on Thursday. Uh, all right. Anyway, I am too. Uh, I want to start off with tonight's first topic, and that is that the demise, the rumors of Alex Ovechkin's demise, were perhaps a bit premature, fam. Uh, I think eight goals in four games. Uh, the Caps have 16 goals as a team, so some quick math. That's something around half, I believe. Is this true? Seems actually good. Charlie's the numbers guy, so I'll, yeah. I'll, keep, I'll, let him, I'll let him do the math there, but uh, only one of the eight is a power play goal. He has no assists, and he's still tied for the league lead in points, and he's shooting uh, a pretty nice 32%. He had back-to-back uh, hat-tricks, like the third period of one game and the first period of the next game. He's like, we're getting close to that Ovechka commercial that they made as a joke. Like, that, any day now, it's going to happen. I just don't understand why people were saying that he's declining. I mean, he's always been 
one of the best wingers in the league. Why would that have changed just because they didn't advance in the playoffs? Well, last season he had uh, he had what thirty three goals, which is the second lowest total of his career. Uh, he's had thirty two twice. Once was uh, to lead the league during the twenty thirteen lockout in forty eight games, and another time in twenty ten eleven, where I guess he just wasn't trying all that hard. But uh, I want to know, like he's already got eight. We're only four games in. How many can he get to? Like, I really want to see a 70-goal season. Oh, that would I am, be spicy. I am dying for a 70-goal season. Okay, I, can I jump in here and be the throw in the cold water on the on the whole party here? Yes, so, Charlie. Yes, okay. Charlie. So, number one, I mean, Alexander Ovechkin is probably in decline, like, on the whole. Obviously, looking at his numbers now, it doesn't seem like he is because he has eight goals in four games. But, like, he's in his early 30s now he did have a not so great year last year he was actually a real play driving liability last year which was weird um but honestly like this probably is just a hot streak like it's cool and it shows that he's still a very good player i don't think anybody's arguing he's not a very good player but like if you look at his five on five expected goals so far he's got 0.8 and he has seven real goals now, some of that is probably because he's a really good shooter and he can probably outperform his expected goals. That's understandable. But to the degree of scoring six more goals than expected, he's probably getting a little bit of luck here. So, I mean, my guess is he probably finishes with, like, 40 goals or so and still really good. But, like, the idea of him getting to 70, like, I, I, know, I feel like if, if anybody's going to get, like, a crazy number, it's going to be a guy in his, like, early 20s or even, you know, teens if we're talking about, like, a McDavid or a Matthews. Like, it's going to be guys who are truly in their statistical prime, not a guy who, like, what's Ovechkin, like, 33-ish now, 32-ish? I don't even know what his age yeah, is. Yeah, Like, it, the chances of that happening. I think he's going to get 50 goals. That'd be cool. I just, I wouldn't count on it. That's in Austin the... Matthews, 70 goals! <laughs> in, the previous tw- in the previous 20 seasons... Uh, only two players have hit the 60-goal plateau. Uh, one was Ovechkin with his 65 in 07-08. Stamkos hit 60 even in uh, 2011-12. Um, Ovi's on a pace for 164, so I don't I don't <laughs> think that'll continue. But Maybe I just, not. Like, I would just love to... Like, I basically have never seen a 70-goal a season. Like, 96-97, uh, I was, what, in, like, nine or so. Uh, like, I, I in my hockey-watching life, like, 60's been the unattainable goal. And then yeah. you go look back and look at numbers. Like, Wayne Gretzky had a 92-goal season. Like, I would just love to see somebody get to 70. And he's the best goal scorer of our generation. I would just really want to see it. Yeah. I... I... We'll agree right now, but like with the caveat that it will be um, Connor McDavid within the next probably two years. Um, he's only got three. <laughs> yeah, three goals. Yeah, what a loser! Yeah. Only three goals. Seriously, goal a game, bum. Weren't they also? Didn't he also have a hat trick in his yeah, first yeah, game? Yeah, yeah, he had the. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There were three guys who had hat tricks in their first game. Yeah, it was pretty nuts. And, one, and our Wayne yeah. Simmons was one of them. Beat me to it, Steph. And that's the that's the thing I'm kind of excited for this year is you see this early season goal scoring. Like, and it's not it's not just Ovechkin. Like James Neal has five goals. Like Wayne Wayne Simmons has four and four games. Like I'd love to see guys who are typically like mid twenties to low thirties get to forty, and then like the Kucherovs and the Ovechkins combined for like one thirty. Like, I think that would be a lot of fun to just have one season 
where everyone's inflated. Well, I really, really would personally like if Kucherov had an insane season because he's on my team, <laughs> Jamie Be- Jamie Ben's penalty box. I, I, Do you have? I'm, I'm in agreement with Steph. I have Kucherov too. So yeah, great, great Kucherov season coming. I certainly hope. And he's only like what 24, 25. He's a young dude. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's in his statistical prime. So and then last year, let's go, Kuch. Last year he was like a point per game player, or even better than that, I think. So he's awesome, and and yeah. I'm I'm definitely in favor of what Steph's talking about. Give him a 70-goal year for me. That'd be great. He's not on my fantasy team, but he's super fun to watch. So I would not hate it if he got 70 goals. Um, yeah, plus do, do we want to bring it back to Ovechkin? I think that realistically Ovechkin will have 50 goals this year. Hot damn, that's what I said. Like another, just another, uh, to say just another 50-goal season, but like just another 50-goal season would be cool. I just want to see. I would love to see someone go nuts one year. I've just—it's just something I've never seen. But yeah, I mean, fifty—that's immense. How many fifty-goal seasons would that be for him? Well, I think that if you're looking for somebody to go nuts one year, you're looking in the wrong place. Yeah, I think, I think Charlie's right. You need to look at some of the younger guys. It's going to be McDavid if anybody does it, in my opinion. Or or any of the babies in Toronto. That's true. Matthews. Can I mean, do it, I, 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 I understand. I understand aging curves and everything, guys. I do, but I don't know. Like sometimes there are elite level players who are outside of that. And like last year was the first time in the previous four seasons that Ovechkin didn't lead the league, and the three before that he had fifty plus. So he kind of still is that great of a goal scorer. He could easily get to fifty. Yeah, and he, then he well, that's what we're well, saying. We'll get yeah. to fifty, but we're not going to see seventy from him. If you want to see seventy, if you want to see someone get a goal per game pace, you got to look somewhere else. Bills, Bills, just dreaming. He's dreaming here. He's seeing the he's seeing the goal per game rates, and he's just like, maybe, maybe this is the year where I just see something really cool. And we're it's just not like, a nah. Dream. Nah. He has eight real goals already with 78 games left. That's not a dream. No, beats, That's what he actually has. He banked I the mean, goals. Like, you can't take them off the off the score sheet at this point, even if they were maybe kind of, he's yeah. Maybe he's a baby Yager. We don't know. Maybe he'll play well into his 40s. And he's pissed off because he doesn't get to go to the Olympics yeah. this year, and he's going to take it out on the league. Maybe he's using this as positive motivation, even though he's a lazy Russian. I can see that. Gotta, okay. gotta love narratives. <laughs> if he if he would have gotten off to a slow start, the narrative would have been, oh, he's not trying because he's mad about the Olympics. Correct. He's trying to get bought out so he can go back to the <laughs> KHL. Yep. Why yep. can't it just be he's off That's... to a hot start because he's a really good player and this happens sometimes? No. Charlie, we need a narrative. <laughs> We've got a show to do. We need narratives. Thanks, Thank Charlie. we got a whole <laughs> Sorry, hour to gang. fill. <laughs> All right, but uh, so Ovechkin, Ovechkin racking up a ton of goals, like Charlie said, he's he's a really good player, so it isn't necessarily a surprise. But there have been, uh, I think, quite a few to start the season, and again, we're only a handful of games in, but I want to get to some of these pretty pretty big surprises right now, and I want to start in uh, I want to start in Colorado, where they are what they're three one and zero. Yeah, winning they, games. Who saw that coming? And a guy named Niall Yakupov has three goals and five points through four games. I think this is awesome. I think it's awesome, too. I do, too. I, first of all, I choose to call him Nail, and I'm going to continue to do that. I'm fine with it. But um, 
I always kind of thought that he just didn't find a home in Edmonton and that team was kind of ruining him. I didn't buy the narrative that he was a bust. Um, so I'm kind of happy to see him breaking out on a new team. It makes me happy. Yeah, I yeah, like the thing with Yakupov is that I feel like he kind of, you know, endeared himself to a lot of people with those early celebrations in his rookie year. But yeah, at the same fun. But at the same time, he also pissed off a lot of hockey people with those celebrations. So, oh, yeah. you know, we look... Hockey, hockey people, people are lame. Oh, they, they totally are. But, like, if they got this idea that he's, like, he's a me-first player. Or he doesn't care about the team and all the other bullshit. And it, it sort of is going to take him, you know, going to a team that had no other choice but to play him to actually <laughs> give him another real shot. And Colorado's a great team for him to be in because they're not very good. Like, record aside, they're, they're not very good. And no, they're it, pretty bad. It also kind of cracks me up that he's playing with Duchesne, who doesn't want to be in Colorado, <laughs> and yet they're succeeding. That, that, that makes me kind of happy because, again, it just, like, kills the narratives that people want to throw out there. Like, Yakupov's this only cares about himself guy, and Duchesne doesn't want to stick with a bad team. Like, you know, these guys are just good players, and now they're is playing it, well. Is it that Duchesne doesn't want to be there, or he, it's been talked about him getting traded for so long that he's just so sick of hearing about it? I mean, that was I, the impression that I got, that he had just kind of had enough. I, I think it's that, but, like, it's turned into, like, well, if you're going to have me in trade rumors every year, just fucking trade me. Mm. That yeah. seems, like, a pretty, I don't know, reasonable? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would... Some of the, the videos from him, the interviews from him in the early season, I guess preseason or, you know, up leading up until the preseason, it was just like, can you leave the guy alone? Like, just st- just stop asking him questions. Just stop asking him questions at all. Don't talk to him because all of you are idiots and you're just pissing him off and now you're pissing me off. Yeah. This is my professional analysis of what's going on with Matt Duchesne. I don't even know how to say his last name. <laughs> no, but that's, that's kind of the thing. Like, maybe Duchesne just didn't want to be on a team who whose coach up and quit. And doesn't doesn't have like really uh, a ton of depth outside of their three big stars, and uh, like now they're playing pretty well. They're they're getting some contributions out of other guys. And like this Sven Andragetto character has three goals. <laughs> That's a name. He's got. You just wanted to say his name. I do, but he's got twenty points in twenty three games since he was traded to the Avs last year. Uh, they're playing pretty well to start the season. Maybe they're starting to put something together there because they do have a decent amount of talent, upper end nah. talent. They don't have a lot of depth, but I think they have some good upper end talent. And I look at a guy like Yakupov, like he found himself on a St. Louis team last year that just, I mean, if there was ever a worse fit. Yeah. player and team style like I, that's just not where he was going to fit in at all and now he's on a team that kind of is searching for something and he's doing what he does well score goals yeah it's I'm, I'm happy to see things turn out well for him I'm happy to see anybody who's gotten out of a really shitty Edmonton situation do well how friggin lucky is Edmonton so I just keep going back to that. Like, they blew basically all those picks. The ones that were c- c- kind of turned out okay, they traded for, like, third-pair defensemen. Did they and blow any of the picks? Didn't most of them pan out, just not necessarily in Edmonton? Yeah, they, no, I, I mean, they yeah. blew the development of those picks, and they blew just... 
that opportunity to create something out of those guys, but then they get bailed out with the best friggin' player since Crosby. I mean, did they did they really like screw up the development? Like Taylor Hall is a point per game player. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a good player. Like the guys they took in with early picks, I guess aside from Yakupov, like they all are good. The problem was they didn't build anything around them. And then they lucked into the one guy who's so good that it doesn't matter if they don't build anything around him because he's literally just that amazing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing uh, how many front office ends Connor McDavid will erase for you. <laughs> you can pretty yeah. much do anything once you have Connor McDavid on your team. And it- Wasn't Oliver Ekman Larson up there too? Uh, At some point? No, well, now they have Adam Larson. Because they got him in the Taylor Hall deal. Yeah, they, they, yeah. The one one of the guys who turned out Taylor Hall, they decided to move for Adam Larson because you yeah. got to have shot blocking. It's just you can't live without shot blocking. <laughs> and Taylor Hall, I'm sure, had an attitude problem. Yeah, yeah, he's got a real attitude problem with his uh, three assists in Jersey, and that's who I want to talk about next, oh, gang. Boy, uh, as of this recording, there are only two undefeated teams. And they're exactly who everyone expected to start the year 3-0-0. Jersey and Vegas. <laughs> well, if you remember last week when we were doing our season predictions, some really smart person said, Ah, oh, New Kelly? Jersey is going to be a lot better than anybody's expecting. New Jersey is putting together a team there. New Jersey will probably be better than Philly. Was Kelly? it John? Was it John Barcher? No, you assholes. It was me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I hate all of you, like, a lot. That's not true. Steph loves <laughs> I don't believe they're this good, to yeah, be honest. I'm, I'm, not, I think sold. This I'm is an still not sold on them. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not sold on them either. No, but I, Kelly, I they're, think... They're putting, they're putting together a team, and, and they're not going to be irrelevant this season, and they're not going to be irrelevant for the foreseeable future, which sucks, because I hate the New Jersey Devils more than I hate any other team in the league, including the Penguins. I think Kelly started the outline this week, and she made the, the top headline for this one, and it just says, the stupid devils are good, and this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I wrote, yes. You're not wrong! <laughs> but uh, Charlie, uh, you guys all said that you're not totally sold on them. Uh, I'm not saying that I think they're, you know, even better than the Flyers or, uh, you know, a Stanley Cup contender or anything. But Will Butcher has five assists as an unsigned college guy, Hobie Baker winner. Uh, this Jesper Bratt character, a sixth rounder in 2016, has, has six points. Pavel Zaka has a couple of goals. Uh, looks like Marcus Johansson, uh, real nice pickup for them. Taylor Hall hasn't scored yet, and he's got three assists. Nico Heischer really hasn't contributed much uh, in terms of offensive production yet, and they're undefeated. So... Uh, Right now, they're young and fun, and which is kind of weird to say. Even if they're not this good, the Devils are kind of fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, the, that's really weird. That's, like, not a thing that has ever been said. Like, that sentence doesn't make sense. <laughs> the Devils have never been fun to watch. I, never, not once. I, I think the big thing for the Devils, like, I still, I still think they're going to be bad, and I still think they're going to come back to Earth, and probably by 15 games into the year, we're going to be wondering, you know, oh, this is, this is what we expect them. They're in the bottom half of the Metro. But, like... You mentioned Will Butcher and Jesper Bratt. Like, they're two guys who, you know, if they're legit and they certainly look like they might be in the early stages, you know, you just basically got two guys 
who maybe are part of your core that we can pencil in as, you know, hey, these guys are good. Like, Butcher was an undrafted free agent. Yeah, well, not undrafted. He was a free agent. He was taken by the uh, the Avs, and then he didn't sign with them. But, like, right, they, right, they, right, they, right, they basically right. got him for free. And then Brad, yeah. he's a six-round pick. Like, that's basically getting a guy for free, too. And you add those two guys to a core, and then suddenly the Devils don't look as pathetic. Now, granted... I still think their defense looks quite pathetic, even with even if, even if we figure that Butcher's good, like Severinsen's good, and then past those two, it's a dumpster fire. But like, you know, yeah, adding you know adding two guys who no one was sure were any good and figuring out they're actually good that 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 accelerates their timeline a little bit. Sure. I think uh, to complete the defense, they need to go out and get Eric Gustafson. Oh God, that would be some, which one? Though? I think they need a slightly <laughs> used. Andrew McDonald. Yeah, they could totally use a veteran presence like Andrew McDonald. He could really bring that young team together. I think they could really use his leadership. He's uh he's just a hell of a teammate, hell of a hell of a presence in the room and uh, the Devils who have this young core, they could use a guy like that. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things and I can't remember I was listening to um NHL Network Radio, and I forget who it was who was saying this, but they were talking about the fact that scoring is obviously way up over these first few games across the league. And someone was saying that they think it's just like the new season adjustment period, and once coaches figure out how to make things boring again, they're going to do so very quickly, so we should just enjoy this while it lasts because it's not going to last very long. Now, my memory isn't great, but I feel like we've gone through this the last two years where we're like, the offense is back! And then, you know, I'm, by Thanksgiving, we're like, hey, yeah. why is why is everyone playing dump and chase again? Yeah, the but, coaches, for some reason, the goal is to make the game as boring as possible with as little scoring as possible, and then they wonder why they have to do gimmicky shit, like offsides challenges to bring goals back. <laughs> oh, God, Kelly. Oops. Too soon. <laughs> I, I was watching, uh, I think it was against the Sabres the other night, and the, the Devils Ooh, just... another bad team. Yeah, the Devils just were destroying them. And all I could think was, of course, as soon as it looks like the Flyers' window may be opening, the friggin' Devils are coming around, too. I just... I know we're not sold on their depth, but they have that young core, and you just know they're going to be plaguing the Flyers for the next ten years because they're the Devils. That's what happens. They're here to make my life harder. That's the only reason they even exist. They exist to make me feel bad about myself. Yeah, I think it's. Um, I actually think it's super fun and great that every single team in our division keeps getting better at the same time we're actually getting good. It's super fun. It's not at all. Oh, did annoying. you think? Did you think that we'd be able to have nice things? No. Never. That's, that's cute. We can't as, have nice things. And you, you know, just as soon as the Penguins fall off, they'll win the lottery. Oh, yeah, so of course. They, they are not going to be down long. No, they'll, 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 get, they'll get the next Connor McDavid. Absolutely. Oh, 100%. That's going to happen. How dare you. Superstars can, superstars can only play in Edmonton or Pittsburgh. That's it. Who chose then, those two cities? Whoever did it was the, high. Uh, they, they wonder why the game hasn't grown in 35 years. <laughs> Uh, the uh, the other undefeated team, the Vegas Golden Knights, 
are uh, are winning. They're, they're winning games to the surprise of almost everyone. James, I Neal, love them. James Neal has five goals, including all three game winners. Uh, nobody I do else, not love him. No, nobody else James on the Neal. team has more than one. James Neal endeared himself to me with his uh, Players' Tribune piece, I think, last year. I enjoyed that. I thought it was a good read. Nah, he's still but, uh, they, they miss him in Nashville, apparently. <laughs> I bet. Oh, yeah, they had a real problem scoring against the Flyers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And Mark Andre Fleury is three zero and zero with a one three two goals against and a nine six three save percentage. Should have traded for. Her. <laughs> well, I, I, how are the Golden Knights w- winning all these games? Uh, I can tell you why. Because they have Pierre, okay. they have Pierre Edouard Belmar, the best leader in hockey. Should have kept. Ooh. I see he's, point. He's, he's, he's got the A. He's got one point. Uh, you know yeah, what, I, though? We we probably should have tried to get Flurry, to be honest. Yeah, I just can't imagine the Penguins would have traded They him. never would have. He he wouldn't have... I don't think he would have waived his no-trade clause to come here. You think but he so? Could have Vegas? I, in Vegas, he gets to be the star. In Philly, he gets to be the shit-on goaltender. <laughs> I also wonder they... if, like, players give a shit about these kinds of rivalries as much as we do. Like, would you really not go and play for an up-and-coming young team that has a chance to actually do something just because you didn't like playing against them before? It seems kind of stupid. No, I, oh, do you I, think that the other teams in the league see Philadelphia that way? Because I don't. I think if you're essentially being thrown off of the Penguins, I mean, if I had to choose between an expansion team and the Flyers, I would probably pick the Flyers. Yeah. I'd pick the expansion team. I, I think the Flyers are fairly well thought of around the league. I mean, even... By the players? Yeah, no question. Yeah, the, the, the whole... I mean, look, if you're a player and you look at the fact that the Flyers, like, never let any former players ever leave the organization for the rest of their lives and give them a job forever, like, yeah, I think that probably carries some weight in the NHL. And the Flyers just got Nolan Patrick. Like, if you're, you know, you're talking about, like, what's up and coming, like, they just lucked into the second overall pick and got a guy who people have been talking about for years. Like, yeah, I think if you're a you're a free agent and you see what the Flyers are looking, you know, you're not delving into all the numbers, but you're you're fairly happy with them. You think, yeah, I, I could see myself playing there. That's and like fair. we do a video tribute for every former player of the team. <laughs> all his teammates see that stuff. Like if you ever played five minutes for the team and you come back, like they love you. It's I think the, I think everyone like Charlie said would love to come back here because you have a job for life. Yeah, just throw me in the scouting department. I played. I could probably scout. Like I'm pretty sure Nitamaki's still a scout. <laughs> oh but back to, back to the Knights. Back to uh, not the Flyers. Yeah, back to the Knights. Uh, I like I was just trying to figure out like again three games and it, you don't want to draw too many conclusions but it doesn't seem to be a team loaded with talent so I'm looking at their box scores and I'm, I haven't really seen them play I saw the the tribute they had on their home opener that was pretty crazy that was a ridiculous opening to that game they had five goals in like two minutes or whatever the hell it was. But uh, I see in the first game, Flurry made 45 stops. So I'm like, oh, okay. Flurry's just going nuts, winning them games. Uh, but in the two other games, he faced 28 and 33 shots. Those are normal numbers. They're not getting insanely lucky, it doesn't seem. So maybe they're just better than everyone expected? No. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably a little bit. Charlie says no. I don't think so. I think they're bad. I Like, they just, they don't have enough talent and, like, yeah, Flurry's off to a good start, and we can talk about, you know, well, he's made, he's better than we think, but, like, is he? He's basically, like, a league-average goalie who's probably just 
go on a good run right now. I I, I think they're I don't think they're going to be the worst team in hockey, but I think they're going to be one of them when when all the when all is said and done. Yeah, they're but, certainly not a playoff team. No. By any well, sense. I want to talk about how they might be losing their name because there's still a, a, a trademark oh my God. lawsuit happening. So the the backup name is going to be the Vegas Sand Knights. I, I, like, I, I can't with that what? name. It is so bad. It's awful. Just be the Vegas Sand. The Just Vegas... be the Vegas Knights. The this Vegas... is much easier. Just drop the adjective. The so Vegas wait, is it the golden sand. part that's the problem? I always thought it was the Knights part that was the problem with the trademark. I don't know, but I do know that the Sand Knights is the backup, so... Sand would be so much better than Sand Knights. I would, I'm actually rooting... Uh, get all your Golden Golden Knights stuff now, then. Like, this could be some real... Could be uh, worth something. Could be real vintage yeah, right? apparel right there. Oh, I'm just upset. If they get rid of the glitter jerseys, I'm going to be so pissed <laughs> off. I love the glitter jerseys so much. Did you get your Belmar sweater yet? Not yet, no. But I will. I will before we're, we go out there in February. Uh, as Charlie said, uh, he doesn't think they're going to be the worst team in the league, but probably not as good as they are. I want to talk now about a couple of teams. Uh, just the maybe the least surprising. Uh, there are two winless teams, uh, Buffalo and Arizona, both 0-3-1. So... That sucks. I really, I was hoping for exciting and good and cool things from Arizona this year. And They're tanking. That sucks. I love them so much. Like, if I had to rank my favorite teams, they're probably number three. And that sucks. Does anyone I'm, else I'm, think that Jack Eichel might be extremely overrated? Yes! Yeah. Him and his stupid face and his stupid hair. <laughs> <laughs> He like might, uh, might be a little they just paid it. him a lot of money. Like, I mean, I, I, it's not a one-player sport, but you know, maybe drag him along a little bit there. Ten million dollar man, like maybe. That's he joins he joins the ten million dollar club, and that's what I want to get into next. This idea that uh, Austin Matthews could possibly get more than Connor McDavid uh, when his extension's up, and to me, it all comes back to Jack Eichel. Because Jack Eichel just joined this $10 million club with Kopitar and uh, Price and Taves and Kane and McDavid, who all make 10 plus. Jack Eichel just got his coach like, GM fired. Now, Jack Eichel is running this team. Yeah. If Jack Eichel wants to make $10 million, Jack Eichel is going to make $10 million. Jack Eichel people, should maybe win some hockey games. Those guys are just lucky he didn't give himself 15. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Bill, you're you're totally wrong on this. There is absolutely zero chance that Austin Matthews is going to get more money than, than Connor McDavid. Zero. Uh, chance. Twelve and a half. Zero Bill didn't chance. say it. Who was it? Was it? I think it was um somebody. Duffy. Not Bill said it. I forget who it was. It was one of the Canadian I hockey just, dudes. I just don't see because like the the ceiling for the market. Drager. Has, the, it was Drager. Oh, so he's, he's doing this because Nona's told him. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, like the ceiling for the market has been set. There's no way that anyone can feasibly argue that they're better than Connor McDavid. So no one is going to get more than Connor McDavid. Like if if Austin Matthews got more than Connor McDavid, then like you know, every every player should be hiring Austin Matthews' agent because yeah, that's but a, does because it... it's a coup. Like. Like Jack Eichel, I, I think Jack Eichel might be a, maybe a little overrated just because he's never driven play in the NHL yet. But like, this guy scores a lot. 
like this guy is a, basically a point per game scorer. So I let's let's take a take a step back here on like he's trash. Like he's really good and he's I didn't say that, Charles. But he's No, I did. That was no. not <laughs> <he was> trash. <laughs> like he's a guy who you can realistically count on probably to score between 75 and 85 points a year and like there aren't many players like that. So he was always going to make bank. I don't know. I I don't Unless Austin Matthews has like the seventy goal season that we were talking about earlier, like I just don't see there being any way he gets to to, to make. I just money. think I think it's all timing. There's a reason Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady aren't the highest paid players in the NFL, and Matthew Stafford is. You just see the timing of these contracts. The market is set at McDavid, and now Matthews can go. I'm next, and if the cap goes up, and if it continues to go up. He's going to reap the benefits of that. It has nothing to do with how much better he is than McDavid. He's not. McDavid's the best player in the league, and that's pretty obvious. But I just think it's the it's the economics of the sport. These superstar contracts don't start going down. Do you think it makes any difference that it's pretty much widely known and accepted that McDavid took less money than his market value in order to help the team? I, I don't. And the reason why I don't is because for the longest, like, Sidney Crosby did the same thing. And for the longest time, his cap hit was, like, the ceiling. Then Ovechkin beat it. But, like, for years, his cap hit functioned as, like, the proverbial ceiling that no one could go over. Because, like, well, obviously you can't ask for more than than Crosby got because Crosby's the best player in hockey. And I think the same thing is going to be told to agents by teams. And, you know, yeah, I guess if an agent wants to play serious hardball with their, you know, with their star player – um, and say, you know, well, we might hold out or whatever because of, you know, percentage of cap and things like that, then maybe. But, I mean, it's not like Matthews is going to be getting his extension three, four years after McDavid does. Like, Toronto is probably going to sign Matthews to a big money extension, like, on July 2nd of next year. And it's not like the cap, the, the, the cap ceiling is going to go up that much from one year to the next. And Bill noted here that Toronto's got a lot of players to sign. Yeah, but let's let's look at those. So JVR, they'll probably re-sign. I, I don't know why they wouldn't. Tyler Bozak, probably. Leo Komarov, is he going to get a big deal? I can't. I can't Not a big imagine one, but I think they'll keep them. Yeah. Joffrey Lupul, hmm. I, yeah. Yeah, he's so cool. he's done. So it's it's yeah. really JVR and Bozak. Um, Nylander's ELC expires this summer. He's going to get. He should get a lot of money. Yeah, he will. He, yeah, he should get a lot of money. Not not a bridge deal. Like, I think he's going to get a lot of money. Um, and Marner, uh, he's eligible for an extension July first, just like uh, just like Matthews is. No, if if any of the three is going to get a bridge deal, I see it being Mitch Marner. See, I, I I think it could be Nylander, and this is e- really well, and this is even like I think Nylander's better than Marner, but there's like. Last year, there was always, like, that lingering talk that, like, Toronto and Babcock, like, were kind of annoyed with Nylander at times. I, I, thought, it, I, thought, it, I thought it was stupid. Oh, I remember getting really excited that they were going to trade yeah, him and then yeah. he'd be a Flyers. But, like, I mean, that'd be great because I think William Nylander is awesome. But, like... I'd sell the whole team. It could... It seems like out of the three, Nylander's the one that frustrates them the most. So maybe if there's a guy who's going to get a bridge deal, I don't think either, I don't think any of them. Will. I think they're all just going to get big money deals the first time they can. But if one of them's going to get a bridge deal, I would think it would be the guy who they're the least sold on, and that seems to be mm. Nylander. Interesting. Yeah, I can see that. I was thinking about it today when I was running all these numbers, and I thought I think it kind of benefits teams to do the big money deal first. To just not even worry about it. Because now you're just buying the prime years. You're not signing him at 26 now and giving him the, you know, 
seven, eight year deal and it being until he's going to like, it's going to be a liability at the end. Now you get it done at 21, 22 and all right, guess what? We had all your years of production. And if you're still worth something at the end, we'll talk. But now we're just paying you top dollar for your top performance. I, I think there's but, a there. I think there's like a there's there's a flip side of that though because you know the whole point of the whole point of signing a guy and paying out his RFA years and then getting some UFA years is that because you were buying out the RFA years you lower the average annual average annual value of the contract. What we're seeing now. And particularly with the the Dreisaitl deal, that to me was like a you know a game changer. Maybe it wasn't as much of a game changer because then Pasternak signed a deal that was not as high as Dreisaitl's. But like usually when you got when you when you signed a young guy and bought out those RFA years, you got a discount. I don't know if teams are getting discounts anymore. So it doesn't like, seem like it. Yeah. So like if if you if when you're signing these 21, 22 year olds to eight year deals and you're not getting anything remotely resembling a discount, like you almost think to yourself, like, why not sign him to a bridge deal? Because after the, the two-year bridge deal is done, it's not like we're going to have to pay him a lot more for that eventual big money deal than we would have had to pay him two years before. Because if we had to pay him $10 million a year in 2018, like, how much more is he really going to ask for in two years? Like, 11 maybe? But then you saved a lot of money those first two years. So I, I could see, like, a shrewd team actually going back to the bridge deal because it seems like it's falling out of favor. Yeah, I just think teams don't want the drama with especially their superstar players, their upper echelon players. And agents are probably making the point that prime like you're getting the best production out of this guy at twenty four. Like he's getting he's getting seriously underpaid. The CBA is written at a time when guys didn't make it to the league till friggin' twenty five. Like it's still that mindset basically. And it's 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 just a different game now. Like the best players, the best player in the game is twenty years old. I also think it's a function of how good the player is, right? Like if you're talking yeah. about like a tier one player, no, they're not gonna get a bridge deal. But if you're like tier B, tier C, you know, good young players, but not superstars, those guys are probably still gonna get bridge deals because they've got to prove, I think, that they've earned big money before they get it. But but then you then you take a look at Michael Matheson with Florida, like. He to me it would be like the perfect candidate for a bridge deal, and they just signed into a an eight, <laughs> eight, eight, eight year forty Seriously. million dollar contract. Like like he's the, he's a bridge deal guy. He's only had like one full season in the NHL, and Florida's like, well, we gotta lock this guy up for eight seasons. Like, <laughs> that's the kind of contract that you look at the next time we have a lockout, and you're like, oh, that's why this is happening because GMs can't control themselves. I was actually going to mention the lockout. Like, that might be why we're seeing so many of these huge contracts right now because mm-hmm. everyone's only looking at the next two years, three years, being yep. like, all right, well, we can we can manage – we can weather the storm for the next couple years. We don't have to worry about the last seven years of this contract. Yeah, I think you're if- absolutely right. I feel like every large contract that's signed now, like literally every article is like, well, in 2020, it doesn't really matter anyway. Yeah. Well, with the escrow situation, if revenue is down, the owners get some of that money back anyway. True. So it's not even like they're pull- paying out the full contract. Yeah. And, and of course, owners are always counting on rollbacks when there's going to be a lockout, just like you know Holmgren did with uh, with the Weber deal, and that whole off season with Suter and Parisi and all the ridiculous money that was spent that off season. I, I I never get tired of hearing Bill try to say Zach Parisi. What did I say? <laughs> never. Never. Oh, Parisi. 
It's great. He's a, I love it. That's his you you, you Italianize everything, <laughs> which I'm is hilarious because you're not Italian. I am basically am. I'm surrounded by him. But Matt's is that not That mustache makes him look name. very Italian, to be honest. An Italian woman taught my mother to cook. Okay. Matt's is not Italian. I'm, I don't know what to tell you. I'm surrounded by them. They're everywhere. <laughs> it's my whole my whole neighborhood is just the South Philly Italians who moved out to South Jersey. It's, it's just where me, I live. Bill Matzo. That's I grew this mustache in 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 reverence to them. <laughs> I can't even. I cannot with the mustache. I cannot. Everyone else loves it. Just jump on the train, Steph. No, they don't. They're laughing at you. <laughs> no, I love it. I'm fine with that. I've never, I've never had a problem with negative with negative attention. Same. <laughs> so, to, to 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 backtrack real quick. Um, All right, this is a hockey of, show. To go back to uh, to Toronto, I actually um, I'm not sure I agree with Steph on JVR and Bozak. Really, uh, I I don't I don't know if they're going to resign them because they just have so much young talent that isn't even playing. Like, I mean, Steph and I we That's we talked true. about this like last week. Like, they have. Kasperi Kapanen just playing in the minors because they don't have a spot for him. Like he's ready. He's a he can play in the NHL. Like I could see them just letting those guys go, not because they're not good. Like JVR is a very good player. Bozak's okay, but like they have kids who can take their roles for a lot cheaper. I would not hate this. Um, My my thought was if they're still on the team when they expire. They'll probably re-sign them and try and flip immediately. Maybe I don't think that they'll let them. I don't think they'll let them walk for nothing. That's um, or, or if they do re-sign them, it'll be for a lot cheaper than than what they're going for. What they should be going for. Yeah, I figure JVR is a trade deadline candidate. Uh, maybe, mm-hmm. but if How but, old but, is but, he now? but if they're competing for a title, like they're not going to want to trade JVR. JVR is twenty eight because he's an eighty nine okay. birthday. He was born. Yeah. He was born five days before me. Okay. No. I'm just so yeah. He's he's still got a lot of time, and Bozak is around the same age, right? He might be a little older, but I'm not sure. I'm not as familiar is with really? Bozak. Wow, time's flying. Jesus. Yeah. I, know. I mean, uh, Bozak isn't anything super special. So if they let no, anybody walk, no. it'll probably be him. Yeah. No, but they'll. But he will help a team. Like he's not yeah. bad. No. Um, like I could see him going to a Vegas and being impactful. I, I yeah. want to ask you, Charlie poo-pooed the idea that. Uh, Matthews could get more than McDavid. If Matthews' agent goes in uh, and negotiates this contract and says, how much better is my client than Jack Eichel? Uh, does he get McDavid's 12 and a half? Does he meet it? I, I could see I, him meeting it. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Maybe he'll end up at like 11.5 or, or 12, maybe just below. All right. Yeah, I, I think that comparing Matthews to Eichel is probably a lot closer than comparing Matthews to McDavid. Um, if if Austin Matthews was born, I think it was like five days sooner, he would have been part of that draft. And granted, the reason that he went number one was because of the year he had in Switzerland before he got drafted. So his stock wasn't as high as Eichel's was in in that season. Um, but if we were to redraft based on what we know on talent levels now, I, I'm taking Austin Matthews number two after oh, Connor sure. McDavid. Oh yeah, for 100%. sure. Definitely. I also, so I, I, loved... I, I think that comparing him to Jack Eichel is reasonable. I think he could get more than Eichel, 
but I don't think I don't think he'll make more than McDavid. I think uh-uh. Charlie is right. I mean, that's that's what it is. McDavid is the best in the league right now. Um, if if Sidney Crosby, I don't know when his contract is up and when he's due for a new one, but that's probably what Crosby will be looking at if the Penguins have the cap space. But it, it's not um, it's not Matthews. I don't think. All right. All right. All right. I'm glad I got all your opinions on that. Well, the great I still the, think he's getting 13. The, the great thing is we're going to see. 15? Like, because they're going to... 13. They're, oh. Like, they're going to sign him. Like, there's no... Yeah. There, there's... It's a, it's, oh, God, yeah. Like, like it's, it's a <laughs> foregone conclusion that Austin Matthews is going to re-sign in Toronto. So, we're just kind of playing the waiting game to see how much he's going to get. Yeah. And, and I, I don't think you'll find a much larger Austin Matthews fan than me. I mean, right behind me, I've got... His, his jersey sitting on the ledge right <laughs> underneath my Shane Goss's fair Team North America jersey. So, like, I, 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 he deserves it, but I don't think he'll get McDavid money. All right. Uh, I, I think he could – I don't know if he's going to get more, but I think he's definitely going to match the 12-and-a-half cap hit. That's what I see coming is a match of the cap hit. Um, now I want to do uh, what I'm going to turn into a new weekly feature just <laughs> oh, no. for Stephalicious D. Steph Driver. <laughs> this new weekly feature is called the Braden Shen Tracker. Awesome. Uh, I haven't I haven't bought my Braden Shen Blues jersey yet, but it's it's soon. Any day now. Uh, since Shen got traded to the Blues for. Uh, this Frost character, Yuri Laterra, and another first-round pick. Steph has been absolutely uh, inconsolable. She barely gets out of bed most days. Well, that's because I hate my life. <laughs> it has nothing to do with brain shit. It's got nothing to do with brain shit. It's a contributing uh, factor, kid. but it's a small contributing factor. Yeah. I kid, uh, we all like to bust on Steph about her love of Braden Shen, and she was ultimately proved right. He was a very effective player for the Flyers uh, over the end of his tenure here. And now with the St. Louis Blues, he is getting first-line minutes uh, with Tarasenko. And wouldn't you know it, through five games, two goals, three assists, uh, that's a point a game. He's got one of his goals on the power play, two of his assists there. And just like we thought, Braden Shen, first-line center. It's almost like uh, Vladimir Tarasenko elevates the game of those around him. <laughs> it's almost like Brayden Shen was always a good player, but people needed someone to shit on in Philadelphia, so they picked Brayden Shen because they thought he was too pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I do tend to pick on pretty people more. I hate them. Uh, I know. They're the worst. Yeah. Did um, <laughs> Steph says, has, I know. Uh, Steph, uh, I guess this is to you, and I think and to Bill too. Um, have you have you guys watched a Blues game yet? Because I'm curious. I haven't caught a game of theirs. I haven't. No. I- I'm curious. I haven't if- caught a whole game. I've caught a few periods, but I haven't caught the whole thing. Is is he still playing in the Shen spot on the power play, like in that slot spot? Yes, he is. Actually, I was very. I was uh, uh, their first game against Pittsburgh. I was delighted to see. I was like, "Oh, Shen's in the Shen spot. That's good." He took it. He took that spot with him. Uh, I was. We were talking about how Yakupov, just like a, a guy who was never going to fit in what they do in St. Louis, watching Braden Shen there, it looks like he's always been there. Like he fits that team perfectly. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. I never didn't like Braden Shen. I just didn't think he fit here. And if he, he fits fit. in St. Louis, that's awesome. He fit. <laughs> he scored goals. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to see how he performs. Like, and not, not just from, like, a pure point standpoint, but, like, 
he obviously had a really, really bad year at 5-on-5 five five last season, and like up until the very end when he finally clicked with Couturier and Wies. But like, I want to know if that was just like a fluky bad year or if like he's you know, going to bounce back. Is he going to continue to score but not drive play? Is he going to go back to the player he was the previous few years before that when like he scored pretty well and he was kind of like middling possession-wise, but he didn't kill you. Like, if that's who he is, and that's my guess is who he is, like if he's a, you know, 50 to 60-point-a-year player who doesn't kill you play-driving-wise but doesn't help you, like, he's more than worth his contract. Oh, he's definitely worth the contract. And I think, like we said uh, on Monday's show uh, of Broad Street Hockey, is um, he's playing with Tarasenko, man. Like, he's Yeah, I think I would have three or four points if I was playing with Tarasenko. Some of the holes in his game uh, will be, he'll make up for them, and then he'll do what he does well, and Tarasenko's still sniping. So uh, I, I just think it's a good fit. Uh, when I was watching him play, I just thought, oh, wow, good for Shen. He, he landed in a good spot for him. Yeah, no, I'm happy for him. And just for all the shit I to, talked on him. To my, to my fantasy team, I, I need to tell you guys about this trade I just made. <laughs> we should so, have a Steph's fantasy team show. That we should. should be I said Steph- that. And she thought that it was, was a stupid idea, but I think it's No, 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 genius. you said that I should give fantasy advice. I am oh. not qualified to give fantasy <laughs> advice, but I could do a weekly show on the, the trials and tribulations of Jamie Ben's penalty box. You should do you should do 15 minutes uh, solo show a week, just an update on Jamie Ben's penalty box. <laughs> I should. I'm in, I'm in three fantasy hockey leagues, uh, but Jamie Ben's penalty box is a keeper league, and I won that league last year, so... This is the one that I talk about the most. Um, so I, I, there are only, I don't remember how many teams there are, but only a handful of them are very active. <clears throat> so I, I sent over a note to the guy who auto-drafted Braden Shen and said, I, I want him, take a look at my team, let me know what you want. Um, so we went back and forth for a long time and things got a little bit ridiculous um, I was willing to do a Jack Eichel for Braden Shen one for one because I hate Jack Eichel and his stupid <laughs> face, and it just it would have made my life better. And I already have Austin Matthews, so like, how many nights am I playing Austin Matthews and Jack Eichel? It's not very many. So um, we ended up, I, and I, I have approved the trade last night. This is what he came up with. I traded. Jack Eichel and I don't know his Vado I don't know his first name uh, Shipachov for Max Domi and Braden Shen and I think that I won this trade. I think you did just because you got rid of a guy that's not playing. Yeah, if, if he turns out to be a stud, that's cool. But he's also on a bad team and is starting the season in the AHL. So, I, I mean, I, I think you lost the trade, Steph. But like, it, you're going to be happy because with of Jack Bra- Eichel. Well, you're going to be happier with Brain Shen on your team. So power to you, yeah. you know. <laughs> and it's all—it's all about fun, and this is fun for me. Yeah, Jack Eichel has Washington Township face. You don't want anyone who looks like that. He sure does, doesn't he? He's got yeah. stupid hair, and I just—I I just got—I didn't like looking at his name on my team. I have Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. Like that is a delight. That is a delightful team. And now you have Braden Shen. And now I've got Braden Shen. And that is all the time we have for you on the BSH Radio All NHL Show this week. 
thank you very much for subscribing, everyone. This is exclusive Patreon content just for our patrons. Uh, we couldn't be doing this without you. We are going to be throwing all sorts of content at your face, so be sure to catch it throughout the season. Have a great week, 30 other cities. <laughs> Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.